questions for you, young man. That doesn't concern me in the slightest. Good, good, good. <laughs> Should it? I'm going to increase my... If I increase the gain on my thing, that increases my volume, right? That's how that works. <laughs> you know you're not asking the right person. No, I know. I, I really do. Oh, there we go. That's better. I'm just I'm looking at the uh, the fancy little, like, um, I don't know what you call it, but the, the little line that shows me that, you know, there are sounds that are being recorded. Um, yeah. And I noticed yours is bigger than mine, so obviously I had to compete. Um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no they need to perfectly match. Ah. Um, but i noticed that like i don't know if it, i don't i don't know why maybe like i'm more soft-spoken than i think but i noticed um specifically when i was editing season two that um there were moments where like like my my voice was significantly um lower than everybody else at the table interesting yeah and i have no idea why i mean you are a little soft-spoken, I guess. And I'm also now trying to think about seating arrangements and where you usually put yourself. Yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah. It's Fine. I'll just, like uh, I, I'll just, actually, this will, this will be good. This will be a natural old person role for me to take on going forward. I can be constantly telling you to speak up. <laughs> Perfect. Speak up, sonny! And as long as you have to be shaking your cane at the same time and, and holding up a giant, I, I, um, like, metal horn thing out of your ear the ear trumpet yeah i could mm. do that that's it i couldn't remember the name the ear trumpet yeah what's that you say speak up <laughs> jesus grandpa turn your fucking hearing aid on <laughs> this will be great this is, good. This is, this is wonderful good. yeah no this is gonna be great um do we need to do you want to do like an intro should we do a little intro that's something that people. I mean, I didn't plan an intro. No, neither did I. But I like. Do do we need to do one? Like, like, what do, would do you, you like? Do a little. Go ahead. What would you like there to be in an intro, Brenda? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Not that I'm overthinking this. Like, we can do just like you know our usual. You know, welcome whatever fellow listeners, and then I'll introduce myself, and then you introduce yourself, and then uh, and let, let that way it's done. And so anybody who's tuning in for the first time knows who we are. I mean, I feel like we're past the point of, of welcoming the listeners. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're recording. They're, they're in now. I suppose we could introduce ourselves. Um, we could. Yeah. You go first, then. All right. Hello, survivors. I'm Evan May, author of uh, King of Darkness and Bonham <laughs> Sato. I have them right here if you want. <laughs> that's good that's good no it hey man it's been a long long few months this is true things have things have been forgotten like apparently the titles of the books that i wrote <laughs> it's fine it's all fine my publishers will be delighted i maybe they won't listen and you'll be fine well what are the odds that they are among our Eight listeners was that's what we kept saying was eight listeners. I hope it's gone up. Maybe it's nine. Maybe. I mean, we did get nominated for an Aurora Award, so I feel like it should have gone up. Sure. Okay. (laughs) That was a protracted silence. (laughs) I was just trying to make the connection between those two events, but um... wow. I mean, that's probably yeah, probably no no linkage, um, right? Yeah, so me, um, yes, you, yeah, so, uh, yeah me. So I uh, I am uh, Brandon Crilly, um, Ottawa-based author of uh, science fiction and fantasy, um, and one of the programming leads for CanCon and and, and a bunch of other things. Um, and this is our episode zero for season three of broadcasts from the wasteland, um, because Evan and I are testing out. Um, a new recording platform because we have to do it virtually because we can't record in person anymore because it's a pandemic and because we're smart and considerate. And so we're not in a room together. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So um, what we have decided to do, dear listeners, this is the only formal part of this entire thing, hopefully, um, is uh, we have solicited questions from people on the internet. Um, You may have submitted a question yourself. Um, which we are going to ask each other. We have no idea what these questions are. We have not done any sort of pre-work whatsoever, which is kind of our norm. Um, and we're just going to see what happens. 
And then if I screw up the editing afterwards, what's that? I said, what's going to happen is we're, I'm going to let the cat out of the room and uh, that's done. Is there a cat? There was a cat. Now he is. Now, now there is one less cat in the room. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Anyway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. (laughs) And then, right. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, if, uh, if I screw up the editing and uh, this episode gets lost, who cares? It's just the two of us. So that's all good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. I think it's a brilliant idea. I'm very curious as to what questions you got because I got a bunch. And so I, I got to pick the best ones. You got a bunch? I got a bunch. What? Well, I will freely admit that I got many from one person. And then like a couple. Okay. Of yeah, okay. Well, all right. I feel better then. Cause yeah, I, I got many from, from uh, a small number of people as well. So yes. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Do you, do you want to go first? Am I going to go first? We really didn't plan anything. We're just kind of like, we, we, I mean, we're just a couple of assholes, but this is good. This it. is good. This is giving people like a behind the scenes look into, into how the podcast works in terms of like planning and forethought. Yeah, exactly. Which is nil. <laughs> Which is none, and you know, just sometimes this stuff is edited out, and sometimes it isn't. Tonight, I'm actually determined to do as little editing as possible. Good to know. Yeah. So be bear that in mind that like anything you say might just end with the podcast because why not? Good to know. Yep. Good to know. All right. I'm looking at my list of questions. Oh yeah. Before before we we ask any questions, mm. are we going to identify? who the question is from. Oh, I wasn't planning on it. We can if you want. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I, I could see arguments both ways, but... I mean, you know who the questions came from, so if you think it would tickle them to for them to be identified on our uh, incredible podcast, um, you can do that. Well, here, I, 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 have the, I know the question I want to start with, and I will identify this person only because if I don't identify them, you won't believe that this question isn't for me. <laughs> David Demchuk wants to know if oh. you had lunch today. Oh, David, David wants to know if I had lunch today. Um, he does. I, I, I did. Um, it was delicious. Um, it was a, a leftover. I'm going to tell you, I'll go into detail about it. Um, it was a, it was a leftover um, mushroom ravioli um, in this amazing uh, tomato sauce with um, handmade meatballs. That were a mix of made by your hands, hands? made by my hands. Well, me and, and wow. my nemesis. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so and uh, with a little bit of vegetables, then some grapes afterwards. It, it was it was lovely. That is a proper lunch. Well done. It sir. was. Yep. I did not eat lunch the weekend of Viacon <laughs> because someone forgot to check in and make sure that I was eating. <laughs> See, yeah, and well, I was that weekend. Uh, doing my job that I get paid for. <laughs> I was grading papers, so I forgot. And I thought, surely, surely, Brandon, since he's now at home, will eat lunch. Um, yeah, you thought wrong, my friend. You thought oh, wrong. God. Yep. Ah, dear. I love how that's become a thing of, like, has Brandon eaten lunch? Um, well, I mean... We have seen the consequences of Brandon without lunch. That's true. Staggering around the beautiful Sheraton Hotel in Ottawa. Yep. Just, you know, swinging my fists and, you know, at anybody who is within earshot or something. Earshot? Yep. Arm length? I don't know what I'm talking about. Either? Both? Both? Why not? Yep. Yep. But no, I, I eat lunch nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten? Nine times out of ten. All right. Yep. I appreciate David's right. concern. <laughs> well, that that was that was uh, that was the question he wanted asked. I, I agreed that that was an excellent question, and uh, yeah, okay, I like that. No, that, that's a pretty solid question. Um, okay, I, I'm going to start you with a low ball, um, okay. and uh, I'm not going to identify who this question came from. Um, what is your favorite dinosaur? Ooh. Yeah, that one was going around on 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 the internet a while ago. 
Um, And I did not weigh in because it turns out my favorite dinosaur was a lot of people's favorite dinosaur. Mm, I see. And And I felt like I would be bandwagoning. But the truth is, nevertheless, my favorite dinosaur was always the Triceratops. Oh, nice. May I ask why? Uh, I mean, they are just kind of cool looking, you know, with a three horn action going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the big armor plate protecting the neck. Yeah. I'm not sure a lot more thought, uh, went into it than that for like six year old me when I was choosing my favorite dinosaur. No, it's, it's the factor of cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this dinosaur looks rad. And so that's my favorite. Nice. Yeah. I was also fond of a Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. You know, spiky plates and the, the tail. And I, and I like the idea, which I, I understand now may not actually be true, about the second brain. Yeah, I feel like, didn't that get debunked or wasn't it? it was like an I, think, I think I read that that's debunked and they didn't actually have a, a second brain for the rear half of their body, which yeah. is unfortunate, if that is it true. Is. Yeah, because then they're just a big spiky lizard. Well, I mean, it's still cool, but it was it was a, like an extra cool factor when yeah. they had the backup brain. I never did figure out like like because it wasn't a fully functional brain, right? Like if you lop off a Stegosaurus's head, it's not going to keep going, right? Based on this, we now know not factual information. I don't think so. Uh, you yeah, know, no, like I don't think it was a like a full, but I think it was like to keep the especially the tail part mm. coordinated and probably there's well no wait that we have nine listeners i was about to say probably there's a bunch of biologists out there screaming and yelling about why obviously <laughs> such an idea is, is <laughs> well, who, who, who do we know who but, no there's so not let, let's, so that's why let's hope julie trinade is not listening um, right yeah if julie's listening she might be upset yeah, um, she, or she might else. be able to call us on our inaccuracies yes um, yes who else do we know um, who's a biologist biologist who would know about this like i don't know any dinosaur experts off the top of my head unless like now somebody that i've known for years through the you know the con circuit is going to be like wait i'm a dinosaur expert motherfucker and i'm oh no i'm sorry yeah i don't think i know any dinosaur experts but maybe we'll find out that we know one that we we were unaware of all of a sudden the twitterverse explodes all of a sudden they'll be like you sons of bitches how dare you i'm never coming back to cancon ever again oh Okay, Triceratops, second choice Stegosaurus, noted. Yep. I'm still this is a question for me, but I'm going gonna, gonna to get some questions from me in here too. Um, oh, do it. Yeah. Question. I've got questions that I came up with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this one's for me. Uh, I have no problem owning this one. I want you to think of all of our previous guests on, on the podcast. Okay. Who would win in a foot race? Ooh. Okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to sound this one out, out loud. Do it. As one does. Um, and I'm and I'm gonna just kind of run through the episodes in my head. I feel like Derek is a good contender. Uh, our friend Derek Kunskin. Derek. Um, Derek keeps fit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He keeps fit. He, he does the push-ups. He he was doing like writer's lift or some crap on Twitter, right, for a while. Yeah, yeah. He's a solid contender. I'd. Uh, I think he's I'd, a solid contender. Derek. He's a solid contender. Ooh. Uh, um. Oh, Rich Larson. I think would be would be a solid contender, mostly because he's younger than both of us. Well, and he does all that dancing now that you mentioned. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was talking about, um, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the dance. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, but shit. Yeah, that there's a, yeah, so he's he's also in shape. I hadn't thought of Rich when I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of this question. See, but that, because Rich is very quiet. And so I was, I was running through the, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, Rich. And, and oh, yeah, like, I think he, yeah. he was our youngest guest. No, Aaron was our youngest guest. Aaron, yeah. Aaron could be a contender. She could. Yeah. She talks about going to the gym, so... Oh, okay, even better, even better. Um, that's three solid contenders. I think I think uh, Katie would be a contender, Katie Brisky. See, but then there's, like, you know, the, the outliers, right? Like, like I think Marie Billado is a contender um, just because she would, like, knife anybody else who was... And then, like, or throw glitter in their face or something and then run ahead. See, that was one of my thoughts as well when I... Because, of course, I started to think about this myself. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't... It necessarily immediately think Marie, but Marie would cheat somehow. Oh yeah, like so, immediately. Yeah, I kind of I see. Do I do I want to go with like the logical like fitness choice, or do I want to go with just the ridiculous choice? I'm gonna go with Marie. I'm gonna say Marie wins okay. by by through glitter and cheating. Um, 
But in terms of like actual physical fitness, I think Rich Larson has it. I think. Do you want to know who I settled on? Who did you settle on? Mark Robinson. Oh fuck, Mark! Ah, oh, because he chases storm. Well, he chases in a he chases storms in a car though. Yeah, but I mean, he he. he well, he he is outrun. Uh, I mean, we've seen the video of him outrunning various kinds of weather effects. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's a goal. I, I think maybe I might be, I might, but I mean, Marie is a strong choice. I'm, curi- I'm curious if any of them will listen to this now. <laughs> like, well, I mean, this might be an excellent way to hear from some of our past guests if there's that's someone true. who wants to uh, get in touch and make a case for why they would win in a foot race. I like that, yeah. So anybody listening to this, if you want to tag and reach out to our previous guests, um, even the ones we didn't mention, um, we would encourage that. Man, that was a good question, foot race. That's way better than than freaking my question. Um, <laughs> like like my personal ones, the ones that I got from other people are really good. Okay, I have a question for you. Yep. When are we going to Boulder, Colorado? Immediately. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> As, well, I mean, okay, we can't actually go immediately because the border is closed. Um, I mean, presumably by the time this airs, maybe it won't be closed anymore. We don't know, but well, yeah, I, I suppose, but. Um... As this is airing or being taped, there we go. That's the, yeah, being, that's being taped the and airing are two different things. <laughs> As this is being taped, the border is closed, so we can't literally go immediately. Um, I mean, my instinct is always to flee uh, civilization, and uh, I hear boulders very nice. But I mean, probably the next time I will truly get a strong impulse to flee to boulder will be getting close to the next edition of CanCon. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Why, like, does CanCon legit, we can cut this part out if you want, but does, does like, the um, the closer we get to CanCon, does that legitimately freak you out? Like, you legitimately Parts get Parts of it do. Okay. Parts of it do. I mean, some of it is just rising stress levels, like when we're at the last minute uh, trying to put out various fires and, and uh, readjust the program and get everything ready for people. Right, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it's like, 48 hours from when it's supposed to start and we have to cancel a panel or move a panel or, or find someone to fill a hole in a panel. Right. So yeah. Rising stress levels from some of that. Okay. Will you tell us when you flee to Boulder? <laughs> um, maybe. Okay. That's reasonable. I mean, I told you when I was considering it last time. That's true. You were very open about that. Uh, I should, I should grab another, uh, listener question. Oh, okay. This is and this is a legitimately like good question as opposed to a goofy one like about foot races. Wait, wait, you saying the the the, the lunch question from from David Demtrick was not a good? No, question? that was an excellent question. But okay, I mean good. to okay, go okay. back in that in that direction. This is and this is this is from this is from a listener uh, who wants to know out of short fiction, long fiction, and comics, all of which you write. Oh, well, that's true. I do. Which medium do you like best, and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Knee-jerk reaction, uh, long fiction, whether it's novellas or novels. Um, because I, I, I like having the room to, like, to dive into characters and tell a longer story and, and like, really explore something. You tip, typically exploring characters. And like, that's, what got me, that's, that's what got me interested in writing was novels. And then I came to reading short fiction later. And then I kind of dabbled in short fiction because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give this a try and see what happens. Um, but novels have always been my, my, like my true love, I think. Um, and I imagine will continue to be, um, unless I never get a novel published, in which case I might give that up at some point. (laughs) (sighs) You can only try for so long, man. Like I've got short stories and comics out there. None of my long fiction is ever, it's the only one of the three that's never been published yet. So, but I mean, and I, I may be misremembering. I know you've had you have one novel that's out on sub right now. I do. The one that I read. Uh, I don't know. You read Three Coins, right? That's the one. No, it's the other one. I thought th- I thought Three Coins was out on sub. Well, no, it was, and then I got a, a revise and, and resubmit request, and then the the basically the, the request was um, either revise and either or revise and resubmit Three Coins or um, write me write something new 
which started out as a novella and then became a novel itself. And so that's the one that, that's out right now. Although the 3.3 okay. right is also done. So they're both theoretically out there. Okay. I would, I, I mean, I, the only reason I bring this up is not to delve into uh, your unpublished material, which is uh, perhaps sticky, but um, two novels that you're working on getting published. I don't, uh, that doesn't strike me as a high number. Wait, what do you mean? That doesn't strike me as the give up point. Like even if neither oh, of those novels got published, that doesn't strike me as the quit point. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying the quit point is now. I'm saying like okay. you know, if you know, like ten more novels down the line, like oh, you know, I, I haven't gotten any like any yeses. Like I've gotten, you know, interest, but if I haven't gotten any like definitely let's let's try to sell this somewhere, like, you know after, you know, a few more novels, then I might reconsider my life choices. Okay. That sounds more reasonable. I thought you yeah. were like, I thought you were heading for the shoot now. And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, no, seems, God, no, 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 it seems no. early. No, that'd be terrible. No, I, you know, I've got a bunch of other ideas for novels that I want to uh, play with at some point. Okay. Um, I got a question about your writing as a matter of fact. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> see, and it's, and I, I almost didn't want to ask, um, but I, I legitimately got a question asking about um, your, your character, Adam Godwinson. And, and okay. if you have any, which, I mean, we've talked about about writing and and um, where your focus is writing right now and and, and whatnot, uh, I mean, which we don't have to get into. But I mean, like, would you ever return to that character, like, just to play in that world? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to. I mean, I, I like, I like that character. I like all of the characters from those two novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have ideas for more stories. Um, I have ideas for like three more books in that series. Awesome. Um, and it's, it's just never, it hasn't been quite the, the right time to push writing the next one up to the top of the priority list. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, unfortunately, um, since no one seems to want to just support me in my, in my writing, and I therefore have to have a day job. You need a wealthy uh, patron. I need a wealthy patron. Um, anyway, uh, I... Because I am forced to seek paid employment, um, yeah, I don't have time to to work on a bunch of different projects, so I sort of have mm-hmm. to pick one. And yeah, I, I've never been able to push uh, another Adam Godwinson up to the top of the priority list. I, I do have ideas for more stories. I would at some point like to write them. I will tell you, here here is a teaser for whoever asked that question. Ooh, okay. uh, because Brandon will know, and and people who've listened to this podcast will know of my habit of writing things out of order. <laughs> oh yeah, I have written, at least in like first draft form. I have written the last scene of the last book. <laughs> have you actually? I swear to Christ, I have. So you know, you know exactly how it's going to end. I know exactly how the last book in the series will end. Yes. Okay. What if it changes? I mean, sure, things can change. Like for a while, there were two more stories, and now there are three. Uh, so, <laughs> sure, um, I don't see the ending of the series changing. Okay, interesting. That was a good question, though. Wow. And, I, yeah, uh, I, I I was pleased to get that one actually. Um, yeah, because I, I think um, I mean obviously, like you know, I, I enjoy talking about writing, and and I enjoy when we talk about writing because I think we come at it from different standpoints, like a variety of different standpoints, and so it's always an interesting conversation. I agree. Yeah. I, and I think it is, I think it's good to talk to people who have different approaches to writing. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, well, like anything, when someone else approaches something differently, it makes you rethink your approach. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you end up deciding, no, you know what, the way I do it is clearly the best. Um, that process of rethinking it is, is always valuable. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. Hearing how somebody else does it is always good. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if, like cause a lot of times you learn something that you, you didn't know, um, whatever, whatever that is. But even if it just reconfirms your own process, I think that's, that's great. So, yeah. yeah. And to be honest, um, it's kind of touching to have someone ask after that character. So Aww. nice. I mean, I was, I've, I've said it before. I will say it again. Uh, both of those books are awesome. Um, and I, I think like, like they're both good. This, like, and I, by the second one is an improvement on the first, like, um, yeah, no, I think they were great. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll give you another question from a listener. 
Okay, perfect. Yeah. And and this, I mean, I I was initially going to dismiss this question. Interesting. But then I thought, no, this question has hidden depths. So I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, ask. Oh, okay. It. All right. So Brandon Curley, just who do you think you are? <laughs> I love how the tone of that question could like be so many things. Right. I mean, it, it has hidden, hidden depths to it. it. It really does. And that's funny because, um, I've been working on something the, the past week, um, which is very much like an exploration of who I am. Like no joke. Um, really? Yeah, honest to God, I, I'm working on. Um, uh, again, I, I, it's too early to get to say too much about it, but um, I'm working on a, a nonfiction piece or, or a personal essay. I guess is a better description for it. Okay. Um, yeah, no. So it, 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 I wrote it a little while ago, and then I let it sit for a bit because um, it, it, it's about a darker chapter of my life. Um, okay. And so yeah, so part of it was like this. Yeah, um, this you know, kind of looking at you know, like a past version of myself is kind of how it, it shook out the way that I ended up writing this thing. And so kind of the short answer is I see myself as someone who has regenerated multiple times, kind of like Time Lord style. I was about to say, are, are you confessing now on this podcast to our <laughs> at least eight listeners that you are a Time Lord? I'm admitting to it, yes. Okay, wow. Okay, wow. I, I feel I'm like... Just, uh, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I feel like this is big. This is breaking news. Um, <laughs> Those eight listeners have a scoop. Wow. All right. Well, now I'm looking forward to seeing this personal essay when it's, when it's ready. And, uh, I, I honestly, it is, um, I, was, I was working on it earlier today, um, and it might be like the thing that I've done that I'm most proud of so far. How come? Is it like, is it the best written? Is it because of the subject matter that it deals with? Um, uh, more so the subject matter. Um, okay. but I, I like, and it, it, it partly, um, on suggestions from, I had a couple people read it and, and, um, give me some feedback on it as well as like the editor who, um, I had sent it to, um, and, and they gave me like some really good feedback on it. And so I was able to level it up, like level it up in the second draft, I think. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of like the narrative device that I use, I think it's pretty, pretty good. It is pretty good, but, um, uh, most of the subject matter, I think getting that on the page is, Something I never thought I was going to do. So I knew that was a good question. See, that's it. See, and that got deep. You like, okay, we're going. Here's an appropriate question: Are yeah. you secretly a time traveling monk? I mean, secretly is the the the, the troublesome <laughs> word in that sense. <laughs> this is also a listener question, to be clear. Interesting. Uh, am I secretly a a time traveling monk? I'm just a. Uh, Sorry, I'm checking with my legal counsel, and I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I admitted to being question. a time lord. Come on, man. You did, yes, yeah. Well, no, and, and I already said that secretly is really the problem, the problematic <laughs> word in that that sentence. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I feel like I feel like that kind of that, that answers it. I think. <laughs> okay, um, I, we we will take from that what what we will. Um, there you go. All right. All right. Next question for you. Okay. Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? <laughs> um, is this a listener question, Evan, or is this an Evan question? No, this is this one's for me. This one's okay. For me. Um, I haven't yet, mostly because I have yet to go into my attic. That was my follow-up to this, <laughs> and actually, what I really wanted to ask you, which is, is whether I've gone into my attic. Nope. No, I know the answer to that is no. But what I want to ask you is. Will you make a commitment today to opening your attic and reporting your findings back to our listeners? You can't ask me that. Are you kidding me? I'm Why would asking I you my that. Attic? It's all it's full of dust and spiders and I don't know dead raccoons or something. I don't like. I I don't want to poke my head into that attic. Actually, do you want to know the real reason why the idea of the attic freaks me out? Yes. Um. It. I mean, uh, to a lesser extent. Um, it's, you know, cause of, you know, shadows and, and spiders and, and whatnot. Right. Um, but, um, did you ever see the movie, the grudge? Uh, I, that I was came a Sarah Michelle Geller thing. Yeah. Right? Sarah Michelle Geller came out when I was in high yeah, school. And it, yeah. And it was around the time that the ring came out. 
Yeah, it was, yeah, sort of around this because yeah. that was that big, that put I think that first push of like let's Americanize a bunch of Japanese horror. Films. Yeah, I don't think I saw the Grudge. I saw the Ring. I don't think I saw the Grudge. Okay, so I saw the Grudge. Um, in theaters because someone convinced me like a group of friends were going and and watching this movie in theaters Um, which was a horrible mistake because I'm not a horror movie person Um, to the point that like my better half a few weeks ago was watching um, I think one of the Insidious films down in the basement Um, and and I I was here in my office working and I went downstairs um, and I could hear like just the the sounds like the score and the like thumping of things that I could hear coming from the basement was enough to chase me upstairs back to my office. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm not a horror movie person. Um, and so uh, The Grudge, I've, I will freely admit that I, I, I haven't actually seen much of The Grudge because my eyes were closed for most of the movie. <laughs> but okay. one of the few moments when I opened my eyes was when one of the characters, and, and I, I can see the actor, but I can't remember his name, um, one of the characters goes into this house where all the you know horrific things happen, and he's following these noises up to the attic. And one of the few things that I, I like, I, I hear him, and I know he's going to the attic. I'm like, why are you going into the attic? Um, and I open my eyes, and I see him halfway into the attic, and something I don't know has grabbed his face, um, and is like it, destroying his brain or killing him or whatever the ghost in the grudge does. Um, and that was, the, and then I closed my eyes again and had them shut for another twenty minutes. Um, and ever since, addicts have freaked me out. Okay. Do you think it might be therapeutic for you to have that moment of opening <laughs> I knew the you were going to say something like that. And not having your brain destroyed. Probably. And then reporting back your findings to our listeners. All right, fine. For the sake of, of the podcast and for the sake of our listeners, I will go into my attic. I will look around and see what's in there because it's probably a good idea to go and scope out the attic of my new home. Um, I mean. <laughs> logically. Um and then I will report back. Excellent. I'll commit to that. And I will not edit this out like I did that time I said I was going to blog post more regularly. <laughs> yes. I mean, there, there is some, some past track record of commitments getting edited out, but I will, I will trust you that this one will actually make it. Yeah, I have said out. I'm going to do minimal editing. So There you go. Okay. I, I've, got a, I, I've got a CanCon-related question for you. Okay. Um, and I will identify um, who this question comes from because you'll know right away who it's from. Um, this, is, this is from uh, listener and friend of the con- friend of both the podcast and CanCon, uh, Toronto author Katie Brisky, who was also on the podcast last season, actually. Um, yes. And so uh, what she would like to know is that since we are in the process of doing virtual events for uh, CanCon Line, um, yes. can uh, Guinness, her cat, have a CanCon panel? Now, recognizing that I do not wield the mighty green light of CanCon. Um, yep. I'm so I don't have you. the final word on this. But my vote for can we have a, a Guinness the Cat panel would be a, a, an emphatic yes. Okay. Um, I'm, I, mean, I, I believe Guinness uh, successfully hosted a, a con earlier this year he did um so you know has a track record fair you know, there we know guinness is dependable at events um, <laughs> also fair i i believe guinness uh has more followers on twitter than me so i mean how many followers i mean that's not that high a bar to clear Twitter? but still uh no that can't be that can't be right i i think so but i mean so you know guinness would be a draw Oh, I'm that's saying. true. No, that that's fair. That would bring people in. I'm yeah. Up, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think uh, I think I'm interested in hearing ideas uh, from from either Guinness or I suppose uh, Guinness's representative Katie Brisky as to okay. uh, what what the Guinness panel would look like. Okay. I see. I was going to ask you, um, what do you think the Guinness panel should be? Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, generally, what we do when we're programming for CanCon, or one of the things we do, is we think about the people that we want to have on programming. We try to design panels around them. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, if we're doing a Guinness panel, I mean, the obvious. The I mean, my like, you know, this is kind of a brainstorming kind of level, but. Mm would be to look at cats in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. 
Oh, that actually sounds like a good panel. And then, you know, Guinness would be one of the people we would have on that panel or one okay. of the entities like we would have on that panel. Oh, yeah, I guess, I, see, I was about to say, I guess, yeah, he's not people, but some people consider cats to be people. So well, some people, you know. I'm leaving that one alone. Yeah. That would be my first thought of a, of a Guinness panel. Um, I like it. Might give it some more thought, but uh, I, I, I definitely like the idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can dig that. I, I will report back um, in case right. Guinness doesn't listen to this. I mean, yeah, I mean, the odds of Guinness being one of our eight listeners do not seem great. No, I feel like it's pretty slim. I, I will um, tell you, though, that um, you have more Twitter followers than Guinness the Cat does by a significant wow. margin. Really? Okay. I thought I had, like I thought I had looked at those. Wow. I thought I had looked at those numbers and, and uh, they were significantly different than that. Okay. Nope. Uh, one thing that our listeners may not know, but they mm-hmm. should know, is in addition to all of the other things that you do, is you are the dungeon master of our long-running now uh, Dungeons & Dragons campaign. That's true, I am. That uh, has had... Uh, Several of our broadcasts from the Wasteland guests have, uh, have true, played in that actually, campaign. Yeah. So, what is the relationship? And this is not a question that came from me. What is the relationship between your work as a dungeon master and your other kinds of writing? Ooh, that's a really good question. That's a, that's a deep question. That is um, a deep question. What is the relationship between them? Um, ooh. So, like, initially... Um, and I think it. I think it, it's kind of carried through. It, for me, D and D is um, the chance to to be creative and and build a story um, where there are no stakes whatsoever. In the sense that, like, you're not thinking about you know, am I going to try to get the story published somewhere, or you know, I got to make sure that I hit these you know specific benchmarks, and okay, I got to structure it like this, and then all the stuff that goes into being a professional writer. Um, the D and D, you've got none of that. You can just kind of like play and have fun. And inevitably, um, you end up getting like some phenomenal, phenomenal storytelling that happens um, specifically because in our case, we're playing with a bunch of writers. Um, And that's why I, I, you know, um, constructed our game the way that I did was because, you know, we're all storytellers. So inevitably, we're going to come up with um, fabulous storytelling. I hear a cat. Yes, uh, the other cat woke up briefly, but I think Ooh. he's going back to sleep. But uh, but yeah, no. Like, so I think like like being able to tell those stories together. And obviously, it's a little bit different um, for me as a dungeon master because you know I'm I'm trying to like set stuff up in the background, but it ends up re-energizing me um, for my for the rest of my writing that I do. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, when you when you've been running the game, you have mm-hmm. uh, not you have not been using published uh, adventures or, or scenarios primarily no, in any way. Yeah. I mean, like you based it in a, in a, in a, in a published setting. Mm-hmm. And I know from conversations we've had, you've drawn on like a couple of set pieces for particular things like uh, mm-hmm. particular traps and challenges you've gotten from, from, from published things. But mm-hmm. overall you, it, it's a plot you've created. It's characters you've created. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because again, we're a bunch of writers. I think it, it felt this. This is like no comment on anybody else. Um, like I didn't want to just you know pick a scenario out of a can and play. Like I wanted to you know play around and invent my own story. Kind of also as a, a bit of a skill development and level up for myself. It's like let's see if I can you know build a narrative that's going to interest these writers um, and you know and get them intrigued and let them play with it. And if they have fun, then you know maybe I actually know what the hell it is that I'm doing. Um, and so, like, I, I'm able to flex different muscles. Um, and I think the most challenging part of it is, like, when we're actually playing, like, I have notes on my NPCs. Um, and I and I flesh them out probably more than I need to, like, in, in what I have behind my DM screen. So, like, inevitably, when, you know, one of you throws something at them that I'm not expecting, it takes me a half second to be like, okay, how would this character react? Knowing that, right. like, they're a fleshed out individual. Like, they're not a cardboard cutout. Um, yes. and I have to pause for a second, right? Um, and yep. that is useful for my, um, for my writing as well. So it kind of, and I would have to say writing, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say the answer to that. 
Well, I mean, like the 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 DMing that I've done most recently was when uh, I gave I gave you a little bit of the time out for a while, mm-hmm. and then I was running you guys through uh, a, a published scenario. So I, I yeah. wasn't creating uh, things to the extent that you were. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I put a I put uh, you know I put my own spin on some of the NPCs that you you made, and, and obviously there's a certain amount of creating that you always have to do as the dungeon mm-hmm. master and describing things and everything. Uh, so it wasn't quite the ground up thing that you were doing. Um, but, um, what I was really trying to challenge myself with, um, when we did that, um, wasn't so much from the writing aspect because the reason I wanted to do a published adventure was just to make it less work for me. Yeah, no, I hear um, that. Yeah. I don't necessarily recommend building something from the ground up. So it's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> well, I mean, it's super cool. Right. And, and in some ways there is nothing, there is nothing more engaging either for you as the dungeon master or for your players than one that you create just mm-hmm. for them. Um, but yeah, for time considerations, I did this published, I did this published adventure, which worked out pretty well. Uh, but what I was trying to do was, can I put really my own stamp on some of the characters mm-hmm. and, uh, challenging myself to do some things that I haven't typically done in the past when I've run games. Like I tried doing voices for some of the characters, which wasn't something I had typically done too much of. Yeah. Which was awesome. Um, well, thank you. Um, so yeah, I was I was more trying to stretch uh, my capabilities as a dungeon master. Um, all, I guess maybe more the performative aspect of mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was also the first time that I had run uh, fifth edition D anD D, so there was that. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot well. about that. Because every time you run a you run a new game, like, like obviously there are skills that are portable from from game to game mm-hmm. in in being the, the the game master, but running a game is always different than playing in a game. And I was pretty familiar with playing fifth edition, but running it is obviously, obviously different. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the performative performative aspect was neat. Cause you had like, like all of the characters that we encountered felt very alive. And so it didn't it, like, at no point did it feel like, okay, we're just playing a module. Like, like it felt like we were immersed into a, into a world, which was really, really fun particularly the uh the like the goblins and and was it sarah hallwinter hightower yes yeah yeah um yeah and so just in case it didn't make it through like the last thing that i was saying was that it like it it felt like it didn't feel like a like a um like a canned module that we were it felt very much like we were immersed well thank you and and i would say the answer to your question of can you create um, a, a scenario or series of scenarios that would interest a bunch of writers given this game has been going on now for what is it three years no is it it's two years for sure anyway i would say years. the answer to that is clearly yes uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah it might be I mean, close to three years that's a good point i think it is about three years now damn i mean that's including the time of the interregnum when I was running things, but I think like right, yeah, the that's time right. you organized the group and we started to play together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's nearly three years now. Wow, that's cool. That's Who knows? Cool. Maybe we'll still be doing it in like you know twenty years, like some people talk about. That would be cool. I mean, I have seen lots of people uh, online saying like their plans for the retirement home are just to play lots of Dungeons and Dragons, and I mean. That sounds amazing. I'll need you, to find a new party. You could do worse, right? Yeah. Because I think most, like, most of the people at that table, well, with the exception of Nicole, are um, at, not, like, ancient, but a little older than me, so. Yes, we'll all be dead, Brandon, but you can find me. <laughs> I didn't want to quite phrase it like that, but there will be a certain yeah. point where I'm going to need to come up with a different party um, yes. to keep myself entertained. Especially yes, we'll if we'll all be dead. forever, like a time learn does. Well, I mean, yes, your future regenerations will definitely have to find. <laughs> um, although, who knows? Maybe you'll maybe your next regeneration won't like role playing games. Oh, that's yeah. There's no way to predict that. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I ever asked you this, and this might be our our last question. Um, was there any, last like... questions already? Oh no, man, I got I got more stuff. We oh, do get. you have more? Okay, well, here, you go ahead then. Uh, well, no, we'll do ahead. no, no. You you're, you're up next, but I mean, it, we'll do a lightning round because there's more stuff I got to get through. Oh, oh, okay, shit, wow, okay. 
you're not you're not getting out of here uh, quite yet because I, oh, I have yeah, more okay. questions for you. Right, here's a question for you. Okay. Um, what is like? What has been your biggest moment of um, like being like starstruck, like like interacting with like somebody you idolize, like whether it's a celebrity or important person, what have you? Oh. Have you had one of those moments? I mean, I haven't met a lot of people who I would really categorize as as celebrities. Mm-hmm. And, and not necessarily so, just celebrities, because I don't. I don't I'm yeah. Not a big, so like, I mean, I haven't had like a real. Um, I will say, uh, although I didn't get to interact with him, um, I did uh, go to the Toronto International Book Festival a few years back, uh, specifically because William Gibson was was going to be there. Uh, this was when uh, his book, The Peripheral, was being released, and so I, mm-hmm. I got to go and and uh, and uh, hear him do a do a little talk, and that was a that was kind of a. Uh, I mean, I was sitting out in the audience quite starstruck. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, um, I did have a – and so that was really cool. And then I, I was back in my hotel a little bit later and uh, I was on Twitter and, and I said uh, that I had uh, had a good afternoon listening to William Gibson and I added him on, on, on Twitter. I said I had a good uh, afternoon listening to William Gibson talk about the dumpsters of his mind, which was a nice. phrase that he used. And uh, he retweeted me. And so I had another oh. moment there in the hotel room that's um, cool yeah that uh, that might be about the closest i guess okay. when i didn't actually interact with william gibson except on twitter so um that's still pretty i i think by our by today's standards we consider that interaction i think okay i mean there, there are lots of people that uh i would I, I imagine i would be if, if we were ever like sitting down and having a talk but um yeah i haven't had a lot of like real like Evan meeting a celebrity moments. Would you like, um, would you want to ever have the chance to like sit down like one-on-one interview or, or casual luncheon with William Gibson? Oh, see, I don't know. Now I can't remember whether you left this in when you edited the episode. Cause this is actually something that we have uh, addressed before. On the That's podcast. right. I think I'm pretty sure. I, I don't think much, if anything, of that conversation made it in. And there, okay, there, okay. And, you may have edited it. There was okay. a reason why. I forget what, it, like, I forget why, but um, we ended up cutting that part, I think. Because that was the, okay. the episode with Amal and, and Alan Neal, right? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. And my, my answer does remain the same, though. I mean, this is something that I have thought about, um, whether or not I would like to sit down and, and, and talk with William Gibson, who, for people I don't, who, who don't know, um, has been my favorite writer for a very long time and like mm-hmm. my first favorite writer. Uh, and, and my, my answer remains the same that no, I don't think so because my impression from having now heard William Gibson speak and seen what the, like him write um, his, his ideas, I, I, I think he would find me extremely dull. So I don't. Right. I do remember you saying I that. I don't. Yeah. Mm, I think it would end up <laughs> not being, uh, not Which I mean, as your friend, from... I disagree with, but I've never heard William Gibson speak, so I don't have a baseline um, to judge that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I won't. I won't rehash my whole my whole reasoning. But no, I I, I think it would be best if I didn't. Okay, fair, enough. fair fair enough. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever read anything that he has written. I think we had this discussion. I think we yeah, which is horrifying, probably. But well, not I, really. I've never gotten around to it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not convinced that there's any single writer that it's horrifying if you haven't read them. No, that's fair. I mean, obviously, as as a fan, I think his stuff is good and people should read it. Um, and I mean, he's been influential in science fiction, mm-hmm. but not. I mean, not even to the extent that I think. Like, I, I'm not one of those people who thinks that oh, to write science fiction, there are certain authors you have to have read. Right. Yeah. No, because that's BS. I mean, that's, that, yeah, that's crap. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you should read widely. I agree with that. You should, mm, you, should, you should read different stuff by different people, um, partly to see what other people are doing and to see what other writers do. And, you know, you can learn things that you like and things that you don't like, and it's great. But I don't agree that there's like a canon of, of, of people of any names that you must read. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think it's horrifying. Uh, okay. That you, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. The only the only time I might say, "Hey, you should really check out 
William Gibson would be if it was a person who was like identifying that they wanted to write cyberpunk. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then just because he, you know, is one of the kind of foundational people in that particular genre, mm. I would suggest eh, if you haven't, you should probably check him out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Okay, I have, I have two more questions I want to ask you. Okay. And yeah, these are both from me, but they're they're yeah. yeah. I'll give you I'll give you the quick one first. Okay. Why didn't you save the potion maker, Brandon? <laughs> it's not like I was I wasn't the leader of our party, Evan. Not my fault that nobody wanted to go after the potion maker. I, I don't I don't remember you know anybody else saying let's go save the potion maker. I will say from my perspective as <laughs> as the dungeon master, as they were going through this adventure, uh, one of the potential side quests they could pick up and honestly were really supposed to pick up was that the person who usually made potions, especially healing potions, uh, for the village that they were nearby uh, had disappeared and had not been heard from from some time for some time. And um, this intrepid band of adventurers were asked if maybe they would like to look into that. Um, and I thought this was such an obvious side quest that they would, of course, do. Because if nothing else, adventurers always want healing potions. Um <laughs> But maybe the dungeon for, master should have made that more clear, Evan. I mean, I specifically said that the shops in the town had no healing potions to sell you, and well, it was because the potion maker had been disappeared. <laughs> well, apparently, we didn't think that was that big of a deal because then we uh, we went and attacked a goblin stronghold, and then went back to that same goblin stronghold to see if they had healing potions that we could steal. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We made it so for the remainder of this campaign, they never went and, and investigated this uh, potion maker who was described to them, by the way, as an old woman. Um, <laughs> they never went to look into whether or not this old woman was in some kind I of feel like distress, you, you, this, the only which indeed this she is... was. Uh, so uh, I had to wrap it up in the end of campaign notes uh... that uh, the elderly potion maker had indeed perished. Um <laughs> Well, it was manticores or something that ate her. Manticores, yes. Manticores, yes. Yeah. I mean, we never went and got Sarah Hallwinter, and she turned out okay, apparently. That was the one that I wanted to do. I wanted to go in and, like, Sarah Hallwinter was out in the woods somewhere hunting the uh, Vigilance Committee or whatever the hell. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was like, oh, we should maybe go in and help her out, like, you know, because she's trying to establish law and order, which I, now that I say that out loud makes me sound like, you know, I'm somebody different than I am. But... Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a way to phrase that politely <laughs> on the day that we're recording this, and I, I couldn't. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I, she turned out fine. For all we knew, the potion maker was going to turn out fine. I feel like I've been set up. Can we get the rest of the party in here? <laughs> that, I just, I wanted your your take on why rescuing the elderly po potion maker was not a priority. Well, apparently we had bigger fish to fry. Uh, I mean, apparently. I mean, I thought that sheer pragmatism alone would get you to. to you should that know that up. sheer pragmatism is not is not a motivator in D anD. d It's like the main motivator. I I don't I I disagree with that because if it was, you know, in in our campaign right now, you folks would be, I don't know, like finding some mainstream means of raising money to bust your friend out of jail or, or sorry, oh, well, yeah, to okay. pay there, as opposed to going and hunting a hydra i mean there is that argument yeah and and i forget which of the critical role people it was uh who was basically arguing that well-adjusted people oh yeah adventurers they, they <laughs> it was either i think it, i want to say it was marisha ray um yeah it was either her or liam o'brien i think they were having a conversation and yeah who like, yeah, if you're, if you're well-adjusted and someone comes up to you and says, do you want to leave your vineyard and go off and <laughs> yeah, exactly. slay dragons, your answer is no. <laughs> yeah, no, but, why would I want to do that? Yeah, no, I mean, there is that aspect to it. Yes, yes. But I thought, anyway, anyway, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is no good answer to that question. No, there's, there is no good answer whatsoever. I do, see, I have, I've, I've, got, I've got one more really good one. Okay. Um, I have one more that I feel is a good one. Okay, but oh yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah. I, I might have two more good ones. Um, which I was okay. scrolling through my list again. Um, oh, damn it! That means in, I'm taking the last question. That's pressure. Ah, do it. All right, okay, I, I, you know, you don't have. Yeah, it. do it. Um, in your opinion, which saint has the best origin story? Ooh, ooh. 
That is a good question. Yeah. Because, I mean, generally speaking, and this was one of the things that I, I enjoyed very much when I was getting into uh, medieval history. When you actually start reading saints' lives, I mean, if you first just suggest to someone, would you like to read a bunch of saints' lives, most people will say, absolutely not, because it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But when you actually start reading them, a lot of them are like amazing stories. Okay. And like they're almost like superhero stories <laughs> with, you know, people who survive being baked in furnaces and drowned in the water and having parts of them cut off. Like some of them levitate around and like <laughs> they're really like they're not boring. I'll say that. Um Coolest origin story. Because, I mean, a lot of them are very, like, just very cool stories. Um, of people who are actually officially saints. I, I mean, it's hard to go against St. Catherine. Okay. Where the, 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 the evil emperor, Maxentius, builds a giant machine specifically to kill Catherine. Really? And yeah, uh, it's this giant wheel that is, you know, supposed to, I forget if it's supposed to like slice her into pieces or if it's supposed to like crush her. But anyway, the Catherine wheel um, instead explodes and kills all of the the, the people who have assembled to watch the death of the saint, uh, which is pretty rad. Um, Wow. But my, my absolute favorite medieval mystic uh, who was not? Who is not officially a saint? Although sometimes she was considered a saint, is uh, Christina Mirabilis, um, who okay. came uh, from. Oh, I'm going to get the date wrong. That's okay. The fact that you have these stories memorized at all is impressive to me. Anyway, I can't. I can't remember what century she's in, which is bad. But anyway, uh, she's a uh, she's a, a, a mystic who uh, we have her her vita, her her life, uh, mm-hmm. or at least the version of it. And it, it it is super cool. Um, she gets baked in furnaces. Uh, she gets uh, chased by dogs. She gets immersed in cold water. She flies around to the roofs of buildings. It's just this. It it's uh, oh, an amazing, wild, crazy story. Nice. Yeah. And none of that kills her, which is the best. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Here's my last question. This is a good one. Fifty years from now. I will, of course, be long dead, but you are getting some <laughs> you, kind you of lifetime achievement award. Modern medicine is a I'll wondrous thing. <laughs> well, I'll be dead. Uh, right, but okay, you probably. are getting some kind of lifetime achievement award, Brandon. Ooh. What would you most like to hear the presenter say? Oh, that's a really good question and eerily similar to what my last question to you was going to be. Okay. Um, oh, what, what do I want them to say? Yeah. Who gave you this question? That will be a secret I will take to the grave. <laughs> noted, noted. Um, oh, what do I want them to say? Oh, you know, I've never given that any thought. Um, mostly because I don't expect to ever achieve anything like that. I, I, um, I would like it to be a roast. Okay. I, that I, does I would seem like appropriate funny. for you now that I think of it. Yeah, no, that, that, I, I would like to laugh my ass off. You know, because I feel like there, by especially by then, like there's already a shitload of material. Um, I feel like by then, when I'm eighty, um, th- there will there will be a lot more material as well. Yeah, one would have you know, to, yeah. one one would assume the best inspiration I think um, one could use is. Um, did, you ever, did you see the you know like Comedy Central does their uh, roast every year of like some celebrity? Um, I've seen a couple of them. Yeah. Did you see the one they did for Bruce Willis? I don't think so. So I was watching that one. I think it's a couple of years ago now. Um, and Edward Norton was there and I didn't know they had the two of them had any connection whatsoever, but apparently, um, they were, they had just finished doing a movie together. And so Edward Norton goes up and he's there for, he speaks for like five minutes and he was hilarious. Like the easily the funniest presenter of, of the whole night. Um, and, and he was talking about all sorts of stuff and, and he's throwing himself under the bus and he's throwing Bruce Willis under the bus. And then, and then he gets to the end and, and his last comment is so incredibly heartfelt. Um, and it, and it's to do with like how they got together doing this movie they had just finished doing. 
Um, uh, and so that I think is, is what I would want at, um, at mine is like just okay. hilarity, 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 and then just a last little touching moment. And then that's it. Okay. Okay. Last question for you. Okay. Hit me. Um, because you mentioned the day job and, and I did you know, as much, as much as, you know, I, I think we both enjoy our day jobs most of the time. Um, yes. You know, I, I think, you know, we all would like to not have a day job some days. Um, yes. What, um, what are you most looking forward to when you are finally able to retire and connected to a little bit to that is like, what is your state of bliss? Like, like what, what, why would you want to spend your time after that? Interesting. Um, I should, I've never asked you that question. And so I'm curious. No, I should make Derek Kunskin happy and say writing. (laughs) You don't have to make anybody happy. It's your retirement. But I mean, I, I, but I, I mean, in all honesty, writing would would definitely be be part of it. I mean, uh, I write because I I enjoy it. I write because it's something that gives me that gives me pleasure. Um, so yeah, if I was in a position, whether it was retirement or, or whatever else, where I did not have to work uh, a day job anymore, writing would definitely be a part of it. This is something that I feel like has changed over time, and probably because okay. I'm getting old. Uh, increasingly, I like uh, I like quiet. Um, yeah, I like, I like, uh, I like peaceful, peaceful surroundings. Mm. Um, so along with the writing, um, I get a lot of pleasure from, uh, from my garden that I grow every summer. Um, so ideally in this non-job situation, I would have some kind of garden that I could spend a lot of time on and spend a lot of time in, um, and I like all the little creatures that, uh, you know, come to, come to gardens, the birds and the butterflies and, and things and the spiders. Um, so yeah, I think my ideal situation would be, uh, both, uh, having more time to devote to writing and also to have a, a garden to do some of that writing in and to spend some of that time on. Cause a lot of times we think about, uh, or you hear people talking about how much like, wow, I wish I could quit my job or, yeah. You know, past a certain age, people start talking about how much they're looking forward to retirement. But um, yeah, when you actually think about, okay, well, what would you do if that was Mm -hmm. given to you? And like the, the, the easy answer is, well, I do nothing, but I mean, I think (laughs) almost everybody. Yeah. Like actually doing nothing wouldn't work for more than a few days. No, exactly. Right. I'm just getting up and sitting around the house and watching the TV. Like, yeah. I, I think there are very few people who would genuinely be happy with that for, for very long. Yeah. And my, and, and that to me is, that's the worst possible, not that, you know, no judgment on anybody, but like, I feel like that's the, the least desirable option because anybody that I know or who I, you know, I've heard about who retires to that is just miserable. Like you have to retire to something else, whatever that might be, whether it's gardening or writing or raising alpacas or whatever, right? I mean, I would think so just because I think, yeah, if you have, if you have, if you have nothing to devote all of your, your energy towards, mm-hmm. then, well, I, I mean, it's probably like any other, uh, muscle or, or faculty that you don't use you, if you don't use it, it you, mm-hmm. you, you, you will lose that. Yeah. And, and so if you're not doing anything, I think, yeah, you'll lose that, that energy and that motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that got heavy. <laughs> Just a little bit, right? <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Um, mm. oh, wow, this is already uh, nearly an hour and a half. I know, right? <laughs> of, I remember, I remember when us. we were talking about this season, we were, we were like, oh, yeah, you know, it'll be shorter episodes. Ah, fuck, I, I can edit stuff down. It's fine. You can edit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if anybody comes to me and is like, why are the episodes so long? I, mean, oh, I don't know. Brandon didn't feel like editing. Yeah, exactly. I just I left everything in. Yeah, you just didn't want to edit it. It's fine. I don't know about you, man. I'm excited. Like as much as you know, it kind of sucks that um, we can't like sit with people right now. Um, I'm yes. excited for the season. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking forward to just doing some new episodes mm-hmm. uh, and 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 talking to some people. Um, I'm excited that it, it it seems like we're going to be able to do uh, mm-hmm. some new episodes despite yeah. 
despite the situation. Because like I was disappointed last summer because we had plans, man. Oh yeah. Oh, did we ever? We we had plans. We were gonna we were gonna go right. on another uh, broadcast from the wasteland recording road trip, and we were yep. gonna meet up with some people. We were gonna record some episodes, and of course, none of it happened. And among the many disappointments that came from from that time, that was that was a that was a serious bummer. Yeah, um, I hear that. Yeah. So it's good to be able, like, we're gonna follow through and and record. Um, I think with basically everybody we had talked about recording with. I think so. Like. I mean, we need to, we um, need and, to and ask. And some people we hadn't really <laughs> considered because we hadn't been able to figure out how to get in a room with them. Right, that's it. And that is that is kind of one of the, the fringe benefits of this is, is that because we're recording virtually anyway, we might as well just get whoever we can. Yeah, we don't need to yeah. coordinate getting us in the room and getting mm-hmm. uh, two people in the same room at the same time either. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm, I'm excited to start doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hear what people... Uh, think when they hear who the guests are going to be and and when the episodes start dropping because uh yeah i think they're going to be good i, I think so too I, I i think our lineup is 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 pretty pretty wild i'm liking it i th- i i'm 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 uh both proud and as i always am uh, a, a little surprised at the people who have said yes please when we've asked them <laughs> i know to why do does anybody episodes. want to talk to us <laughs> why why do people want to do this uh, <laughs> why they why they don't have anything better to do like they must i mean you'd think but anyway they, people keep saying yes and so i mean it gives us an excuse to talk to interesting and cool people that's it uh, so i think as long as people keep saying yes we're going to keep doing this yeah yeah i hope so but yeah, I'm I'm very excited for season season three. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This this is our third season. Se- season three. There we go. <laughs> oh. oh man, that would be good. Yeah. So on that note, um, I, I will say something to our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Um, yes. And we will see you on our first official episode of season three of broadcasts from the wasteland.